This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Freddie Cohen of ESPN Radio. When I'm not talking about breaking news or breaking news on ESPN Radio, I'm always a fan and listen to the Detroit Sports Podcast, and so should you. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Doc John Macaroon, and you're listening to the One on One Podcast, where we get to talk to radio personalities, journalists, those in the sports field here in the great city of Detroit. And today, Sean Belisian has taken me up on my offer. We got him in studio. He's here at the office at Sterling Heights. Welcome, Sean. It's great for you to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I, I apologize for being about a month late. I hope you can forgive me. No problem, man. Thank you for taking us up on our offer. You know, you've been you know, a fixture here in Detroit sports on the radio for quite a bit of time, and it's great to have a chance to talk to you. Pick your brain a little bit about the business, how you got into it, and your well over 15-year career in sports radio in Detroit. Yeah, it really is crazy. I Honestly, just last night, I, w- I was talking to, to somebody about it, and like it, it kind of hit me. I was like, 21 years? Really? Has it... Has it- has it been that long that that I've been in the business? But yeah, twenty one years, and you know, the next thing you know, you you, you have a couple kids, and you know, all of that stuff. It's just you know, I'm I, all kidding aside. I always say this, and it's it's not just um, words. It's what a blessing to do something that you love. You know, there the the day that that stops being a reality for me, I think it's time to do something else. You know, Livonia, Michigan native. You grew up in town. How did you get the bug in sports? What what did you follow growing up in in sports around town? You know, I, I always, um, you know, I liked everything. I I was the, the proverbial one track mind. I mean, I really didn't have any, any hobbies as, as a kid. It's, it's crazy. Um, I, I loved sports. Um, hockey was my first love. Um, like every other kid, you, you think, you know, Hey, maybe one day I'll go someplace. And then uh, the reality hit me somewhere in my early teens. Wow. I suck (laughs) and, and I'm not going anywhere. So, um, at that point in time, you know, you start kicking around, you know, what, what do you want to do with your life and everything? And I, I couldn't think of doing anything else. I, I really, I, it's, it's, it's strange. I just, I can't envision doing anything else in life. And, and um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing, but um, you know, probably around 15 years old, I was like, all right, let's see what we can do to try to get in the business. And so growing up, what teams did you follow? Were you a, De- were you a Detroit sports guy? Did you have teams that you followed outside of Detroit? I, um, first and foremost, half my family um, comes from the Montreal area. So I was a Habs fan. I was a Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, but obviously, um, growing up here, you become uh, a fan of the Detroit Red Wings. I was a, a fan of the Windsor Spitfires in the Ontario Hockey League because I would go to a lot of games um, as a kid with my grandfather and everything. Um, Michigan State, uh, Ron Mason really um, was was the guy that got me into that because of the hockey camps and everything. The the Lions obviously w- was something that was 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 big for me. Um, it wasn't until later in life. Um, it's it's crazy because if you knew me back then, and my friends get a big laugh out of this. I, I liked baseball, but it wasn't like like crazy. And having a son that for whatever reason like just loves baseball has turned me into a bigger baseball fan than I ever in a million years thought I would be. But when I was a kid, I didn't like it that much. I, I really, I mean, it was, I can't say I disliked it, but now, man, I love baseball. I like, I, I almost, I'm almost mad at myself that I missed out on baseball for so many years, you know? And so we've had season tickets down there now, 12, 12 years, 13 years. It's been a while. And, um, 
Yeah, so I mean, like everybody else, you know, I, I grew up with the the big four. I always liked college basketball more than the NBA, and that's carried on in my life. When I was younger, the NBA or excuse me, um, the NFL and college were were six or one half a dozen the other. I'll tell you what, in the last twenty years, college football has just gone like this. Not that NFL is going down, but for me, I, I just love college football. I love it, uh, and 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 it grows every year, you know. In, so far in your radio career, when just looking up some information on, on everything that you've covered, you know, broadcasts and shows that you've done, you've always done a wide array of shows covering hockey, OHL hockey, you know, basketball. You have a wide array of interest and it comes across on your broadcast. No, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And it's funny because a lot of times, you know, I, I know my, my old partner, uh, the late Tom Kowalski, used to always, um, you know, play this game when he was on the air. He just, you know, blurred out a year. And I could tell you who won the championships and stuff. I can't explain it. It's just that's how you grew up. You know, I mean, honestly, it's just he, 1986. And I, I go, uh, that was the Mets over the Red Sox. That was the right right off the top of my head, the Bears over the Patriots. It was the Habs over the Flames. And, you know, I you just I don't know how to explain it. You just knew. And um, so it's always been that way for me. So as we were talking about before the show, it's funny when I hear the term show prep, it's what I'm doing anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm watching sports at night anyway, and, and I'm online at night anyway. So like I said, just to reiterate, it is um, what a blessing, man. You know, there's, there isn't a day that goes by you don't realize it. So now you're a young adolescent. You're thinking, okay, I think I want to go into sports broadcasting as a career. So what was your education uh, early on in terms of uh, getting into broadcasting? Well, I was one of those guys, and and, and I think, boy, I'm going to sound like an old guy now. I, I think it's a different era now. I would, I, And I do tell kids, I, go out and get your education. Go out and get the degree, you know, um, I college wasn't for me. And, and I think part of it was, you know, I grew up in a family where, um, you know, I mean, my dad worked his tail off. I had mad respect for him, but they just weren't going to be able to take care of it. So I would work a semester, take a semester off, work a semester. And it just wasn't for me. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get into specs. And uh, I think specs is one of those things um, you, you get out of it what you put into it. I, I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, if, if you're resolute and, and you work really hard, I think you can eventually get to goals. And, and, and specs allowed me that opportunity, afforded me that opportunity. So for me, I came into the business, I mean, as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as you can possibly imagine. And this is the one thing I tell kids all the time. And boy, when I say kids, it, it's that, that sounds strange. But, you know, I tell, you know, younger people in this business, don't, sell yourself that you're going to do this or you're going to sell your or you're going to do that because I always use the analogy of a tree you know you you look at the base of a tree and you're like oh, okay I know where this tree's going and then all of a sudden something might come up that you might really like and then something else might come up that you really like so um you know to be in that position where uh, um I, I guess the best way to say it I, I've been um fortunate enough to have choices and stuff it's pretty cool that's pretty cool. Yeah, and nobody gets to where they are by themselves. We all have mentors. We all have individuals that we looked up to. Speak on who are the individuals that were your role models growing up and in terms of your career at Specs and who you who, who influenced you to become the person that you are now. It, Hockey Night in Canada? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, all kidding aside, I just, I, I was, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, back then you didn't get a lot of Red Wings on television. You know, occasionally they were on Channel 50 with Ray Lane and everything, but um, I just thought the way they did hockey was outstanding and you know back then there weren't as many hockey fans as there are today you know success will obviously do that 
I heard Ron Cameron, who who's still around doing shows. I heard Ron Cameron on radio, and I thought that that was like the coolest thing as a kid. Um, so that was part of it. And you know, like you said, I mean, once you're in the business, there are people that um, you know, really um, have an influence and and um, take their time to actually um, help you out and groom you and everything. And um, one that comes to mind, I guess the guy that I blame most for me even being in this business, he hired me down in Toledo, and now he actually runs WJR. And he's a guy by the name of Mike Wheeler. And he's just, Mike would punch me in the face for saying this. He's just the best guy I've ever worked for, period, end of story. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to any managers or anything like that, but he just, I think it's that, it's that I feel like I owe him something angle because he took a chance on a kid and, and maybe he believed in a kid that, that at the time didn't so much believe in himself. And that's something you can't repay that you can't in your life. You can't repay that. So Mike was an individual that was at WSPD in Toledo when you, you got were a producer it. reporter. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to work with another guy who, um, is working down in, in uh, Cincinnati now, a guy by the name of Scott Sloan, who had been established, that, that, you know, had a, a modicum of success. And again, for some reason, he took a liking to me. And um, he's just, he's he's one of the most quality human beings I've ever met. And um, so when you're, when you're paired with guys like that, when you're first starting out, that's a stroke of luck. I mean, it really is. When And that's, I've always told myself, like young people in the business, I want to treat them the way that those guys treated me. Because more often than not, Young people in this business, you know, okay, whatever, go get me a coffee, kid, you know, things like that. And, and those guys, you know, they made me feel part of it and, and taught me a lot of things. And so I guess the the giving back part is I always try to do that with young kids today. And, and I, I hope that, you know, there are a few young kids out there that maybe would talk that way about me, I hope. You graduate specs, mm-hmm. and your is your first job the producer reporter job at WSPD? Yeah, I was, again, a stroke of luck. So much of this has to do with luck. I happened to, to interview down there in the midst of a um, an ownership change. Mm. And a lot of times what happens when there's an ownership change is the new guys want the old guys out and they want to bring in their own new guys. And I was part of the new guys. And um, so time and place is important. It's really important. And I, I mean, it was really... I think it all happened like two weeks before I interviewed. So who knows, maybe two months earlier, two months later, I don't get the opportunity that I got there. So now it's your first job. Mm-hmm. Do you recall your early goals? What were you thinking at the time when you get your first job right out of broadcast school? I, I'm not making this up. I remember this like it was yesterday. My second day, my second day on the job, I came into work and my boss, a, a lady named Andy, just a, a, a great lady, literally threw the keys to the station vehicle to me. And goes, I want you to go down to Bowling Green and cover Bowling Green and Louisiana Tech. Well, I thought I died and went to heaven. It's day two. Wait a second. You're asking me to go cover a college football game? Are you serious? So I grab the keys. I'm out the door. I start up the car and everything. And then I'm like, where's Bowling Green? So I had to turn off, I had to turn off the keys. And I'm like, um, I, I can't wait to go. But can you tell me where Bowling Green is? And she kind of gives me this look like, jump on 75 and go 20 miles. You can't miss it. You know, but... At that point in time, I mean, it's your second day and you're covering a a, a, a college uh, football game and everything. So I, I wanted to do a lot of that. And then an opportunity to to get on the air happened. Um, and, you know, again, it was one of those things. I Looking back, I don't I don't even know if I knew at the time what I wanted. I, I knew that I was doing what I wanted, but exactly where I wanted to go. Gosh, that's a great John. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. I I don't I don't think I even knew. I really I I don't. I was like kind of just going with the flow, you know. 
Okay, and you worked your way up. In 97, you became the sports director and host of the Evening Sports Show. You talked about and you covered OHL hockey, CCHA hockey. You were the analyst for both the University of Toledo football and basketball. So right away, you get a sense that you're doing a lot of different things and you worked your way up relatively quickly. In two years, you were doing a lot at that station. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I still look back. I mean, just hearing you say that, it's kind of weird it doesn't usually happen that way, you know, um, right place at, at the right time and everything. And, um, uh, again, I had a management team down there that, that was second to none. They, they really were. And I think it, it goes to show you the people that I worked with is again, I, you know, one guy's got a highly rated show down in Cincinnati. Now, um, one guy's running, you know, uh, WJR, um, <laughs> wow. I'm so lucky. I was so lucky. I mean, honestly, I was, I was, I was a lucky guy. I was a lucky guy. Yeah. And then 98, you start doing a part-time uh, shift at uh, WJR Sunday night, taking, you know, taking phone calls. That must've been unbelievable going to WJR relatively early in your career. Couldn't believe it. Um, and, and it's a really funny story. Um, the boss at WJR at the time was driving through Toledo on his way to Cedar Point, like with his family. And he heard me on the air again. That's luck. There's there's nothing you can't. That's luck. And he called me, and I I thought it was some guy just being a wiseacre. I didn't believe that this guy um, was the the boss at WJR, and and so um, I went and and interviewed that Monday, and he hired me that day, and I was on the air. Um, I did a Saturday afternoon show, and then I I started doing Sunday shows, not only during Lion season with Greg Landry, but just in and in, in, in principal. And you nailed it. it you know, there, there was that part of you, I was 27, it was before my 28th birthday, and there was that part of you going, I'm on WJR, I'm on WJR, you know what I mean? As somebody who's a fan of radio, um, those those letters still evoke magic, I mean, they really do. Um, so yeah, it was, it was amazing to me, it was, you know, and, and I had fun there, I mean, they didn't have anything full-time for me at the time, but it, it didn't matter, I had a full-time job. And, you know, as, as you said, I was doing um, Toledo football and basketball. And, you know, when the regular play-by-play guy had to do television, I'd do play-by-play. So, you know, I was, I was living the dream, you know. And now you said you were a fan of radio. And guys like myself grew up listening to yourself, guys like Greg Henson and WDFN. Who did you listen to at the time in your mid-20s? Who influenced you maybe on the radio at the time? Because it was just a, a beginning phase. And, the, and a lot of people kind of said, you know what, once they, got, once they started listening to shows and hosts and things like that, they became hooked. When I was driving to Toledo, um, when I was commuting down to Toledo, because I still lived up here in, in Livonia, um, I would listen to this new station called WDFN. And um, Stoney and Wojo in the afternoon, you know, and, and they're, they're, they were iconic. Um, Art Regner was a Livonia guy. Uh, so I thought it was cool that a Livonia guy, even if he was a Livonia Franklin guy, Stevenson in the house, even if he was a Livonia Franklin guy, I thought it was really, it was, it was, you know, what he did was cool. And he was a hockey fan. And, and as you mentioned, you know, um, Greg Henson, um, I thought what they were doing was new. I thought what they were doing was brash. And I liked the fact that a majority of people thought they weren't going to make it. I thought that was cool. I, I like, I really do like being the little train that thinks it can, you know what I mean? And, and so I kid you not, I always would listen to that station and go, man, that'd be really cool to work at that station one day, you know? And so how did you end up getting to WDFN in 1999? Greg Hansen, in a word, um, well, that would be two, Greg Hansen, um, in a name. I saw Greg at opening day 1999 at Tiger Stadium, and um, I went up and introduced myself, you know, and, and he looked at me and he goes, Sean Belegian. I was like, yeah. And he goes, I've heard you on WJR. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, what the hell are you doing at WJR? 
And I looked at him. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, why aren't, why aren't you at a station like our station? You know, all we do is sports. And I was like, are, are you offering me a job? So um, people are going to say what they want about Henson. Um, I'll always be forever grateful to him for, for giving me that chance, always. And, you know, two months later, I was working at WJR, or excuse me, WDFN, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, again, pinch me, you know, how did this all happen like this? And, you know, but it's, it's, it's funny how things like that work out, you know? Now, you spoke a lot about, you know, talking to youngsters and how you want to treat them. For those that are listening that maybe want to get into sports broadcasting, what kind of advice would you give them, maybe someone who's at Specs right now who maybe or maybe interning, what advice would you give them in terms of getting into a field that's really relatively tough, relatively speaking? Oh, it's so, it's so much different today than it was then. Don't give up. I had a father, <laughs> I love my dad. But I had a father that told me all the time, oh, it's so tough to get in that business. So why don't you you go be a police officer? You know, because my dad was a police officer and all the respect in the world to people that are police officers, it's not for me. And and as I told my dad then, and I still tell him to this day, I can't, I can't envision doing what you do. I can't, I, and I mean, no disrespect when I say that I, I, my brain, I couldn't do it. I daydream about sports all day and I get fired and things like that, you know, making little brackets and things like that. I, I always say this, and this, this remains true for me. Be a sponge, be a, be a sponge, take everything in. You know, the day you think you got it all figured out, um, you're, you're out of your mind. And, and I'm still 45 years old. I'm give me, I don't mind advice. I don't mind, you know, I don't want to mind criticism and things like that. So be a sponge. And, and especially when you're young, shut up. Like you don't know what you don't know yet. You really don't. And, and that's not a disrespectful shut up either. It's, it's more, hey, dude, just listen, observe, you know, and things like that. So, um, which I wasn't always good at as a kid. But thankfully, there were, um, you know, like I said, there were a couple of guys that were real patient with me and kind of showed me the ropes and, you know, got me on the right path. Okay, so 1999, you get your own radio show, and you're, you're, uh, was that It Is What It Is with Sean Belisian at the uh, time in 99? Uh, no, that was uh, Eric Pate. It was the okay. third shift. I worked with Eric Pate for a year, and that was really, I, I mean, what a, what a year that was. You know, I became a okay. father for the first time. You know, my son Jack was born in the summer of 99, and then Eric and I did um, a show for a year together, and... Okay. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, 7 to 10 was, was a weird okay. shift at the time and everything, but... Just to be on, uh, you know, a station like the fan, a station that I listened to from the day it came on the air, just to be on the fan was just awesome. I was really, it was really cool. So now you're doing a, a sports radio show. Did you kind of envision that it would be caller driven or how did you kind of, you know, formulate the topics or what kind of show did you want to do early on when you first started doing radio shows? What was your dream vision of a show that you were going to be on? I, you know, I always wanted to be somebody who was fair. I think it's important in our business. Um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, people know you're a fan of a team and we're all guilty at times of being a, a little slappy, so to speak, and being a little bit too much of a homer. I just wanted to do that. I always wanted to be informative because I, there are some times you, you listen to a radio show and it's, you, you hear somebody make a mistake and it's like, dude, come on, you know, and everybody's going to make a mistake, but. It's when you make two, three, four, five, thirty mistakes. It's like, come on, you know, so you have to be geeky. You have to be passionate about it. You know, I mean, sports are fun. That the sports are fun. There's a time to kill. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I did lie in postgame shows for a lot of years. So there's a time to to kill a team and and but I I just I think there are too many people that are that are just like it's almost like they sound depressed doing a radio show. I, I don't know. I get fired up talking about sports, you know? 
Exactly. And so now there's, you know, now we're sitting in 2016 and there's such a prolification of, of sports talk. You got 24 hour networks. You got so many more ways of getting this. And it, it's such an amazing thing. Did you think at the time that this, the medium of sports broadcasting and, and sports radio would get to this level? No, I don't think anybody. What do you think it was going to be? You know, I thought I thought that it would continue to grow, but I didn't think that it would you know, become what it, it's been. I mean, there are. You know there are multiple there are multiple sports stations in in multiple cities and not just big cities. You know, um, Grand Rapids has two sports stations, for example. You know, uh, Toledo has a couple of sports stations. So, um, I mean, in a million years, you you I didn't think that you know you would see a scenario like this play out. But well, here's the the problem with that is yeah, I mean, the good news is there there are more options. The bad news is there are more people that want to to be a part of those options. So, um, you know, for young people getting into the business, it is a, it is a give and take situation, you know? Now, Sean, you've had some great bits that you've done on the air <laughs> and they've resonated, you know, to this day, you know, I wrote it down. I, I, I would listen. And the bit you did with Mita was classic. No, you know, thanks. Mita was unbelievable. Men eating all the tasty animals. Uh, talk about that. You, you championed that and really was a way to interact with the fans and really express, you know, a, a point that you took. It was, you know, at the time, uh, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, um, they, they, they came out with some, you know, pretty fierce um, advertising and everything. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't want to see animals, you know, be tortured and things like that. But shut your mouth when you tell me to stop eating meat. You, you know what I mean? So um, I can't, <laughs> I came up with the idea. Like, let's just have a barbecue. We'll invite a bunch of people come over and you, you know, well, it'll be communal living. Well, you know, you, if you want to bring a pack of hot dogs or you want to bring 10 pounds of brisket, I don't care. And it's really funny because I, <laughs> I think at the time my radio station didn't quite know what to do with it. And, and somebody without mentioning names literally said to me, I think that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And I said to them, yeah, summertime sports fans, barbecue. What a horrible idea. You can't put those three things together and everything. So the first year, um, I, you know, I'm not even joking. If 50 people showed up, I would have been happy. A lot of people showed up. And then, you know, it culminated, I think, the last year um, we were out at, you know, the former CompuWare Arena, which is now USA Hockey Arena out in Plymouth, and the parking lot was full. I, I don't even want to put an estimate on there. You know, I mean, five, ten thousand. 10,000? I don't know. I mean, it was absolutely packed. But problem is it, it also became kind of a circus because now people – wanted to be a part of it. No people wanted to advertise and, and things like that. And that, that is, it's part of the business, but I never wanted it to be that. I just wanted it to be grassroots, a bunch of guys. And you know, Hey, if you, if you want to, if you want to bring some food, if you're, you know, a restaurant and you want to bring some food, we'll mention it. You don't have to buy a spot. You know what I mean? And you know, unfortunately that's the, 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 the dark side of the business. It's reality. And once that started to happen, I just said no more. I didn't want to do it. I said, "You find somebody else to do it. I don't want to do it anymore." And but it was, it was a good five years. We had a good we had a good five year run. Okay, so it's a nice hot summer night, you know, maybe with an adult beverage. What does uh, Sean Belichian like to cook up? Oh, are you kidding me? Um, if if I if I'm home a couple days in a row, 
you you know the routine. If you want to do barbecue, you got to do it right. You got to do it low and slow. So it's a process. But if it's you know, I'm just I just got off of work and the Tigers are on a road game or anything. Put a few sausages on the on the on the barbecue. I mean, just sausages. You can you can't go wrong with sausages, as far as I'm concerned. Polish sausage, Italian sausage, spicy sausage, whatever. I you know, it's all good. Get yourself some onion. Get yourself some green pepper. It's all good. But if I'm home for a couple days in a row, I'm gonna work in a brisket. I'm gonna work in a couple racks of ribs, things like that. But um, yeah, I, I can do it every night. I on it, and boy, if my family's listening, they'll tell you I I, I could barbecue every night, no problem. Now, you spoke about the dark side of the business, and I know it can be tough in radio. So you're working at WDFN, and all of a sudden, you just you, you hear in early, I believe it was... Um, 09. 09. Yep. Early in 09, you hear that the station's going to change formats, and everybody, for the most part, all the hosts, are going to you know lose their jobs. That was a, must have been a tough time, knowing that you've done a lot in radio, and all of a sudden, you're at a spot maybe you, that you're enjoying, you're in the, in the career, but... The position was eliminated and the station switched formats. You, you know, or, or I'm sorry, the station went to, uh, you know, had some issues. Yeah, well, here it, it should. And, you know, I, I miss the times that we had. I do. But at, at the same time, as crazy as it sounds, I think we all knew it was coming. Mm. Um, when 1270 switched to FM, we begged and pleaded our bosses, like begged and pleaded move to FM, move to FM, and they were like, no, we've won before, we'll continue to win. Well, we knew you're we dead. So I saw it coming, and I mean this in all sincerity. I, I, I have nothing to hang my head about or be ashamed about because I told myself with about six months to go, because I, I cannot stress to you enough, no matter what anybody tells you, we all knew it was coming. Okay. We knew it was coming. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm going out with my head held high. And I'm, I'm not going to mail this in. I'm going to do my very best until the final show. And we didn't know when the final show was coming until day of you knew. You knew. You know, day of you knew. And it was a scenario where um, when it happened, it happened. And you just, you move on. You know, I mean, honestly, I no regrets, no tears, nothing like that. Um, it was fun. You know, I, I, I keep in contact with a few of the guys that I work with. But it was it was over. Make no mistake about it. Okay, and now you've had also a couple stints at a ESPN 96.1 in Grand Rapids. What's the Grand Rapids market like compared to the market here in Detroit? A lot, a lot similar. Uh, yeah. their, their likes, their tastes. I mean, I do basically the same show um, that, that I do here. You know, they want to talk about the Lions. They want to talk about Michigan, Michigan State. In my humble opinion, I think they're bigger college fans on that side of the state than even over here. In my humble opinion. That's what I found in my time working there. Um, it, it was a great market. Um, to have the Griffins in the backyard was was really cool. Um, I, I had a blast working there. I really did. And and it happened at a time where I didn't know if I wanted to do radio anymore. Like honestly, after Killer passed, I I, I didn't know if I wanted to do radio anymore. And it, it it came up, and it was I had a blast there. I, I really did. Uh, you know, it was it was four fun years. Are the callers that call up as passionate, as knowledgeable as in Detroit? Because in Detroit, you have some funny fans, you have angry fans, you got fans that have no, really no clue what they're talking about. How how are the callers in Grand Rapids? Um, you What's know, they're, they're, the passion, they're very passionate about the Lions. I mean, whether people want to admit it or not, the NFL is king. I mean, it is. And even if you're not an NFL fan first, I think everybody has to acknowledge that the NFL is king. Um, very passionate about college football. Um, there, there's a, there's a pretty good dividing line out there. And if I may, 
even the Notre Dame fans. They're you know because you got to remember they're not that far away from Notre Dame. You know it's so um it, it's just what I think an hour and a half south if I'm not mistaken. So um yeah it was pretty good that that would fire up about mid July and oh man the it, it was it was pretty good it was it was a good time there. Yeah now you spoke about you know hosting Lions post game shows and at the time it was a struggle and I you know was a season ticket holder with my friend in the Millen era. And so we could count on our, you know, two hands, how many victories there were. And a, a specific memory that I recall was a season ending game where it was against the Bengals and uh, the Lions, one of the Lions last home games. And the idea was, you know what, let's just all show up in orange and black and dress up like Bengals fans. Now, granted, this is after you had that fan running in the stands with the uh, fire Millen. It became a spectacle. You kind of championed a position, the Millen man march back in December of 2005 and, you know, when you speak on it now, you kind of go, what did I do? Uh, but that I, was something else that you did there in 2005. You know, what was really funny about that. And, and that was the, the, the misnomer. Um, I personally didn't say wear orange, walk out or anything like that. That wasn't me. That was the other station. And I, I can't blame them. It's, it's called blurring the lines because we, we kind of create an event. The event got buzz and then they want to be a part of it. Well, everybody should wear orange and everybody should walk out. For me, I, I just wa- wanted enough. Why is this guy still in place? Stop this. Can't you see what's going on and everything? So it was one of those things. It was, you know, I've said it before. It was um, the most hectic weekend of my life. It was just crazy because you don't understand all the ramifications. I don't think it hit me till late in the process. Like, what if something happens? You know, what if there is that idiot while we're marching that decides to do something dumb? And, you know, God forbid it, it set off a chain reaction and everything. So... Um, I was young and dumb. I stand adamantly behind the idea, I, I, adamantly, because, I mean, think about it. If they would have gotten rid of Matt Millen then, if they would have got rid of him then, it, at least it's three less years of, of destruction, you know? But, you know, Mr. Ford was resolute in keeping his guy until his own son said something about it. Um, but to do an event like that, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It's... uh for sanity purposes it was but you know what again ain't no regrets it happened and you move on and you learn from it you know what i mean no it was unbelievable i mean you had a protest for an organization that gave a guy that didn't deserve it an extension it was unbelievable and the lions to this day are still now just coming out of it so that was an unbelievable event but one that you realize wow the power of radio the power of persuasion the the message that i can come up with with these ideas is really unbelievable the power of radio it was amazing it really i mean the, the way that people responded to it and you know so many so many people showed up and so many people helped us you know i mean because again you know you get the game day and then all of a sudden you're like okay there's going to be like a thousand people um do we have security uh so like people that i got to know from the business i like i, I kind of stretched them out every 10 feet you know, hey, just in case anybody just you're with me, you're speaking for me, you know, and everything. But everybody behaved themselves. And it was, you know, in the end, it worked out. It, it But leading up to it, there was just too much. There's too much stress. Mm-hmm. And just because like the, the reality hits you. I'll never forget driving down there that morning. I was like, you know, if something happens, I'm going to be fired. And, and, you know, it's really you think about it because at the time, you know, my son was six. My daughter was almost a year. And you're like, um, uh, you know, so, um, but yeah, I don't regret it. I'll never do something like that again. Let's just, I'll state that for the record, but you know, it was, it was crazy. 
So now it's been two months. You're at Detroit Sports 105.1, hosting the Sean, Maz, and Mark show Monday through Friday, noon to three. How's the transition been now? Coming back from Grand Rapids, uh, you're hosting a late afternoon show, three to six. Now you're hosting a midday show. How's the transition been now to Detroit Sports 105.1? I love it. It's um, they're in my opinion, they're doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. It's it's a sports show, and when I say that, I I mean no disrespect to anybody else. Um, you know, so often. You know, when, when you say something, um, you know, oh, it's because, you know, this station or that station's doing so well. It's just the non-sports stuff isn't for me. I, I It isn't for me. And, you know, um, the other station in town's having a lot of success and, and all of that. It's just not something that, that I think I could work in. It's not something I enjoy listening to all that much. And I don't mean disrespect because there are some guys there that really know their sport. Like Mike Valeni, you can say whatever you want about Mike. Mike knows his stuff, you know, and I, I think he's incredibly entertaining and stuff. It's the non-sport stuff that makes me turn it. And, you know, they wanted to do a sports show. And, um, you know, I knew Maz from back in the day at JR. And I I just, you know, I've known Mark Fellhauer from a distance for a long time. But I've only really got to know him the last couple months. And I feel like I've known him my entire lifetime. I mean, he's just, we, we just, you know. In my opinion, we've we've clicked. You know, he might tell you that he hates my guts and everything, but um, it, 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 we really clicked. It's there's a, just a good vibe in the building, and it reminds me of DFN back in the day. You know, like we're gonna make it work. It might take two, three years, but we're going to make it work. And you know, we eventually did at DFN, and I'm convinced that we will at 105.1. No, that's excellent. And now. Um you're hosting a three-man show. Is there a challenge sometimes versus hosting your own show or a two-man show? Sometimes people say, well, maybe people might fight for the mic. But the show seems, uh, I listen regularly, the show seems like it's easily transitioned. You guys are flawless, true professionals. But is there a challenge with three guys hosting a radio show? I think I overthought it before it happened. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, I, I asked myself that same question, like, you know, before it happened. Like, okay, is, you know, um, are there too many voices in here? You know, all of that. And then, you know what, once we started doing it, it's just conversation. That's it. It's just, it's just, that's the way I've always wanted to be. I, I don't, I don't want to have lectures and things like that. Let's just have conversation. Now, sometimes during the course of conversation, you might have to lecture a guy for being an idiot or whatever, but um, it, it, it's conversation. And it, and now it kind of seems odd not to do it that way. You know, we're just three dudes sitting around in the, the, the neighborhood pub and, you know, just having a sports conversation. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, what goes into the creation of a three-hour radio program? Now, Detroit's a top 20 market. You know, I believe it's around a 12 market. It's a big-time thing. Everybody loves sports in Detroit. A lot of people listen. There's a lot of attention, a lot of callers. What goes into making a three-hour sports show in, in a market like Detroit? I have always been of the opinion, and I know a lot of people in the business don't agree with it, but, um, you know, I've always been of the opinion, I don't ever want to come in and grab a piece of paper and write out a script. Because they think it'll sound scripted. In my humble opinion, I've always... Now, some guys can make it work. I've never wanted to script things. You know, we we chat, we talk amongst ourselves the night before, we text each other, maybe send emails, hey, this, 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 and this. And then we roll into the studio. We know what's there, but there's nothing on a sheet of paper that says, well, we're going to do this. The only thing is on a sheet of paper is like, okay, at 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 150, we're talking to Jeff Blaschel. Okay. At 2.15, you know, we're going to span the globe and we're going to talk to some guy from Alabama and some guy from Clemson and, you know, uh, some guy from Florida, whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I, just, I want it and I hope it comes across as conversation because, you know what, it is conversation. We're just having conversation. 
And now, were there ever any challenges in your radio career working with producers who maybe didn't see that vision and tried to maybe go with a stereotype of how a radio show should go? Uh, because the biggest relationship that I believe a host will have is with his producer. And did you ever ever have challenges with producers trying to maybe keep take the show in a direction that you didn't want to go in? No. That's good. That's no. I'm ra- talking about know, lucky. I'm racking my brain. No. Uh-uh. I, I mean – I, I can name all my producers to this day. I mean, right off the top of my head, and I'm just going through it in my mind. No, uh-uh. It, it's, but you're absolutely right. You you have to have a like vision. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be exactly alike. And um, I think any producer that's worked for me will say the same thing. There are some times where I tell them to screw off, and there are some times that they tell me I'm an idiot and we should do it their way. And sometimes you listen to them. Not all the time. And I probably there are more times that I probably should have listened to them. Um, but you know, you get emotionally involved in something. But no, I, I've been very fortunate in that regard. I don't think I've ever had. Nah, there's nobody that hammered me. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, that's pretty cool. You're right. Talk about luck. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, knock on wood. Pretty you have cool. Great relationships with the people that and and talking to people who are in the field. They say you know you have to be someone that's easily relatable that can get along with everything. Just like in sports, you got to be a good teammate and willing to go with the punches and be able to be flexible. And that that makes a a solid team and a solid working relationship. And it sounds like you've been able to really have those relationships in the business. I hope so. You know, I'm sure there have been times that I've come across as really hard headed. Mm. And I, you know, it's it's funny. Oftentimes you hear what other people say and hard headed is one word that, that comes to mind. And, you know, I've taken that to heart and I'm trying not to be as hard headed. But I, I think you get to a point in time where you know what you want that sometimes even you, though you're telling yourself not to overthink it, sometimes you even overthink it, you know? And and that's something, again, you know, the, the day you think you have all the answers, you, you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's important to listen to somebody else that, that maybe, you know, is willing to set you straight. You know, you've been in the business for quite a while. Even in the business of sports radio, it's changed. There's much more access with Twitter, with text messaging a radio station, with, uh, you know, remotes and things like that, there's much more access to the guys, you know, in town. So do you feel like social media has maybe taken sports radio and made it a little bit more negative, a little bit more challenging? Because you say something, you know, you make a simple comment. I like Matthew Stafford. 50 messages. What is this? What are you thinking? You don't deserve to be here. I'm calling the guy for your job. I'm like, I, it's just an opinion, man. Relax. It, it is the the biggest, I think the biggest thing. And and now there are people out there that do it on purpose. The the people hear what they want to hear angle is, is has always been um, in existence. But now I think, you know, you, this is the age of trolls and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I think for me, a lot of times what I, I, I like to go on and, and have conversations and stuff um, and I don't mind it on Facebook at all. You and I talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I take I take hiatuses from Twitter though. Okay, like <laughs> you're currently on one. <laughs> oh, I've been on it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I. I think this time I think we might be done. To be honest with you, but oh, okay. no, honestly, um, uh, gosh, it was November twentieth. It was after Michigan State beat Ohio State. Um, that night I was just like, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, and you know, I'm, I'm I think I'm just gonna take a little break. And then after Thanksgiving ended, I was like, gosh, this was healthy. I'm going to stay away another week and then another week and then another week. So it's a, it's a couple months now. Um, and I, it, it, it's good though. Overall, it's good. You can't, you can't let 10% of the people or 15% of the people do the talking. But for me, it's one of those things. I mean, my schedule is so busy. A lot of times when I come home, I just want to come home and I, I want to go back to being a dad and husband and things like that. So I think when I can leave it at work, it's pretty cool. 
It's pretty cool. And something that maybe I could talk to you about is we built our platform basically through social media. And of course, you hear hate, you hear things that, you know, you may maybe not like it, but, you know, kind of the attitude of like Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. You, you use it as a way to laugh. Like, this is someone, this is something that someone would type me. So I like everything. I don't retweet or bad comments, but you read everything and you take it with the attitude that it is and it's helped us grow. I actually am so happy that there's Twitter in sports media because at least. It makes it more accessible if you want to message someone in a positive way. I mean, I've had contacts with radio hosts, with uh, program directors, just through Twitter. Who, sure. Who, and it's, it's a great way to be more connected and really be more engaged with the audience. So I'm a big proponent of Twitter. I love it. Oh, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I do. I mean, it's, it's, it has its place. For me, it gets to be too much. I, I like to probably to the um, – <laughs> The displeasure of a lot of people. I'm a positive person. I'm somebody who um, I try to look at, at, at positives on, on things. And I think sometimes the negativity just bogs you down. You know, the, the negativity just bogs you down. And it's it, for sure. I understand completely where those would say, oh, my God, this is too challenging. Now, you do radio, but also Sunday nights, 11 p.m., Fox 2 Sports Works. They're Sean Belizean. You do television now. You've had a great relationship with Fox 2 for a number of years now. You do the SporksWorks program. How do you like television as opposed to radio? Never thought in a million years that somebody would pay to put my mug on television. You know, I mean, look at me. Um, How did that come about, that opportunity with Fox 2? You know, 2002, um, their former sports director who just retired, Glenn, called me and said, would you fill in on a Friday night? Because back then they used to do a Friday night show, too. And it were, you know, I did it a few times and then I got to know Dan and Dan Miller's just, he's just a class act all the way. And, um, I'm fortunate enough to call him a friend and, um, their, their sports director, Greg Canner, again, fortunate enough to call him a friend. Um, we just all got along and then they asked me, Hey, would you do, um, the Sunday show? And then that led into doing some hockey stuff for them, which led into doing, um, the lion pregame show that we do lions game day live. And I've been a part of that since uh 2011 so yeah man it's pretty cool and you know um to, to, to call some games you know locally on on television whether it be state champs or comcast things like that pretty cool pretty cool but you know the the thing at fox that i've always appreciated is they want you to be you you know what i mean i mean don't get me wrong you have to dress up and stuff like that but you know if i don't want to shave and i like growing the scruffy beard they're cool with it you know i mean honestly you know i mean um, so that's what I've always respected about the, the guys at Fox. It's just, there's a, a great vibe there. I mean, the, the whole staff are just, um, great people, you know, Armani and, and, um, Woody and, and Jen and, and Dan and Greg Canner. And I mean, just great people. So, um, to be a very small part of it. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. It's that's pretty very cool. cool. So now you've been working in the business for, you know, well over 15 years. Do you have new goals for yourself now at Detroit Sports 1051? What is your what is your current goals, you know, currently now at the new station? Have fun. Uh, everything changes when you have kids. It really does. It it um there have been opportunities that have come up in the last few years that if you would have told me 16 years ago, I would have said no to. I would have called you crazy. Um but um being dad is the number one job in my life and you know my son's 16 and he's a junior. And I'm going to try to get in as much time with him in the next year and a half until he goes to college as I possibly can. And my daughter is 10 and she still loves her daddy and still says, I love you, daddy, every day. And if that doesn't, you know, hit you in the heartstrings, nothing will. So, um, you know, soon enough, they'll hate me. Um, you know, soon enough, they'll, they'll hate me and not want me around. And I guess I'll have to think about it. But right now, I guess I'm living in the moment. 
which is pretty cool. It's 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 pretty cool because I think for the longest time you're kind of looking forward to the next thing, and I haven't looked forward to the next thing in a while, and that's it's pretty cool. We're here sitting in an office in Sterling Heights, Michigan. We're podcasting. This is a digital, you know, recording that will be put out, you know, rather quickly and things like that. So podcasting is now another avenue and extension of sports radio. You get into any podcast, you get into any kind of different forms of uh, uh, sports entertainment or media. You know, something that I started doing a couple years ago with uh, a bunch of guys and I know we do something called the high school hockey report. And, um, you know, prep football in the area gets so much coverage as well it should. Um, prep basketball as well and we just wanted to do something that that kind of acknowledged all the great um, high school hockey going on in the area and um, wouldn't you know I mean we get so many hits on these things and you know what it is because there's nowhere else to hear it you know there's no place else where you can go where you can actually hear people talking about um, where can they go to get high the high school, school hockey report? It's, it's just the high school hockey report, and I'll put it out on Facebook okay. and things. Well, like actually, we're doing a show tomorrow, so I'll put up a link, or um, you know, you can. Gosh, I even forget what the site is because my buddy puts it out there. But <laughs> I just, okay. I just put the link up like on my Facebook page mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it was so cool because at first it was just something we 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 would have a conversation, maybe a coach here or there, and now we we like have a waiting list of coaches that want to come on. You know, like one week we'll talk to a guy from the Grand Rapids area. The next week, we'll talk to a guy from the UP, and um, you know, um, the next guest in a particular show might be a guy from you know Livonia. Um, so that's something I really like to do because you know people don't want to hear that in mass on the radio. Mm-hmm. So at least you can do something like that and say, here, if you want to listen to it, you know, here in this show we have a coach from Division One, a coach from Division Two, and a coach from Division Three from all over the state. Um, so that's just call that a labor of love. I'm not doing that for anything. Like there's no. There's no money involved. Mm-hmm. There are no sponsors involved. I'm just doing it to do it because I, I really enjoy the prep high school scene. I really do. I, th- I think it's underrated. Um, and, you know, they're developing guys uh, to go on to next levels and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, and, I, you know, hey, listen, I mean, there are so many good podcasts out there right now, you know, and uh, I'll be sure to put this up on on, on my um, wall or whatever it's called on, on, on Facebook. But I think it's fantastic that, that people – are doing things like this. And, and it's a good lesson, you know, because again, for me, other people go home and like watch some dumb television show. Not me. You know, what games on, or can I listen to this podcast? Can I do this and everything? So it's cool. You know, more, the more the merrier, the more the merrier. Exactly. And uh, again, you've been a trailblazer, a pioneer, you know, people like yourself who've done this have allowed for us to kind of say, you know what, I can do this. And you've been an inspiration. So it's greatly appreciated. And uh, really to get a chance to say, you know, I've listened to you and uh, listened to your shows across, you know, several years. And it's a great opportunity to do this, to be able to, to chat with you. Thank you. I'm man. I, I, you're making me blush. I, I you just, you know, I'm, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some current events and some also some, uh, common sports debates that people get into. All right, Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith? If you're talking about all around, you have to say Emmett Smith. I, and I know people around here hate it. If you, Who do I want on my team? Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. If you're, if, if you're telling me pick one in the draft, I'm picking, if you, I'm picking Barry Sanders. I don't think Emmett Smith gets enough credit. I don't. I've, I've always felt that way. Um, oh, it was the line. He, he blocked. He caught out of the backfield. All of that. But I have to go with Barry. Okay. Matthew Stafford, is he the guy for the for the Detroit Lions? Will the Detroit Lions regret if they give him an extension? He's the quarterback for the next 10 years. I think he is what he is. I think he's a good quarterback, and that's it. Is, which, he, which, is, he, the, is he the most polarizing figure in Detroit sports at this time? Absolutely, positively. And I don't understand why. I, do, I For the life, I don't, I 
don't get it because you know what? The, the argument is we've become a society of extremes. You have one guy say he sucks. You have the other guy say he's great. You're both wrong. He doesn't suck and he's not great. I hope that he can graduate to, to, to being great, but let's talk about it when he is great. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think he's a good quarterback. And with that being said, there isn't a better option out there right now. You know, this is our quarterback. I don't want to change quarterback, but he has to be better. He has to be better. And I'm glad that he knows he has to be better. Exactly. And so to champion the other side, people will say, you know what? We saw Tom Brady in his first couple of years. He's got a ring already, and he's nowhere near the number one pick. Unfortunately, in some situations, you are a product of the expectations. When you come out and you're the number one pick, there's a, maybe an expectation that you're going to be the guy And within seven or eight years, I do believe the people that are off the train are saying, you know what, it's it's time to say, you know what, seven years is enough going into your eighth year. How much longer are we going to wait to get the organization to the Super Bowl and some playoff wins? And I think that's where they're at right now. I mean, that's why I'll keep saying it. He is what he is. He's a good quarterback. And and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side you look at it, I, I refer to it as quarterback purgatory because there isn't a better option out there. There isn't. I don't want to draft one of these kids. And you know what? There's no free agent bonus baby that you're going to bring in here. This is your quarterback. We all better hope that he gets better. Have you ever been close to being lines free? Never. Okay, exactly. It's been tough, though. Can't do it. You know, when you have a season in 2008 where they go 0-16, it's tough to support an organization like that. But again, we're all fans. We want the home team to win. But it's really tough with the moves that they've made and when you just look at the big picture. Now, it's easier to do when you go season by season. Definitely. But when you look at the big picture, one playoff win since 91, man, it's tough. I uh, I kicked around the idea in 1998. and it, No, no, mm-hmm. no. Right. What we do on Sunday? What we no. do? I, I, I love this team. I, I do. Now, I, some people might listen to me and disagree with that because I'm a hater and all that. But, I, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, people, they finish seven and nine. Right, I, I I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn what you did in the second half of the season. I don't care if it was six and two. I don't. I don't care if it was seven and one. You finished seven and nine. That's not good enough. Well, people will go, "You're a hater," and 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 so in turn, what I do is I go, "Well, do you like seven and nine? Do you do you like it? I, I don't like seven. And what's there to like about seven and nine? So, um, you know, unfortunately, you you get some of that. But you know, again, it's one of those things where you know it is one of those things that I look at the Lions, and I've come to grips with the fact that I'm just never going to quit them. I'm never, ever going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to quit them. So despite the headaches they gave us, that's good. I think it's a good thing because it's football. There's, and they're lucky because there's only so many opportunities to watch. Yep. You know, they get a, a, a window in the fall and winter and that's it. 16 weeks and whatever happens, happens. So, yep. and we do get that nine month break to kind of decompress and say, okay, let's start this nonsense all over again. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Is this hockey town or is this a bandwagon fan base with hockey? It is absolutely not hockey town. It is, um, it's a, it's a wonderful marketing tool. It's a great marketing ploy. It's it's Red Wing Town, and you know, but the Red Wings certainly aren't number one. Um, I don't like to say that as a hockey fan, um, but um, the, how do we get hockey to be talked about more on the radio or picked up around town? It's a great sport to watch. If you're a true sports fan and you watch it live, hockey's great. But how could hockey advance itself its, its position as a sport? I think too many people in this area. You're not going to win people over. They, they, they have their mind made up about hockey and it's just never going to grab them. So I don't think it's going to happen here. Um, you know, and I know there's some people out there that are going to disagree with me, but I, I always say to people, I mean, how many people know that, that the U.S. national team and development program even play here? 
mm-hmm. you know, that, that you can go see the best under 18 players, the best under 17 players in your own backyard in Plymouth. And, you know, I did the Whalers broadcast for so many years. People didn't know what the Ontario Hockey League was. And, you know, I, again, people don't support high school hockey, uh, you know, in mass. Um, uh, not a lot of people are following uh, college hockey unless one of them are doing really well. And certainly Red's done such a tremendous job for so many years at, at Michigan. So uh, hockey fans are, in my opinion, the most passionate fans out there. So we'll make a lot of noise. I just wish there were more of us. Okay. Should the Pistons move the Palace uh, downtown and have all four big teams down there in Detroit? It's booming with the new Red Wings Arena. You got Ford Field, Comerica Park, relatively close, a booming downtown. The last piece is the Pistons. I'd love it because then the ownership could still keep the Palace of Auburn Hills as a concert place, a place to have other events. Yeah, call me call me wishful, call me dreamy, but yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Favorite venue in town that you like to go watch a sporting event at? Comerica Park. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's 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 um it's the place with my son. Okay. So it's 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 like personal. Like that's that's our place. Does that make sense? Yep. Lafayette or American? Oh, million dollar question. I always answer this wrong. For some reason, it <laughs> seems like I'm in the minority, uh, but I go with American. Okay. Yeah, Why? I go with American. Um, I think for me, Lafayette reminded me of, of going to hockey games and everything mm-hmm. as a kid. And for American, um, I like their crunch. Mm-hmm. I like their their crunch. You know, I the, the emotional pull... The emotional pull is to Lafayette because my, my buddies and I used to go down there after Red Wings game. I mean, that was always such a cool event. Get your barbecue chips and everything. But I, I like the crunch with American. I do. I like the crunch. Great being in Detroit. Great sports town. All the big sports, college teams. We've, won, we've been blessed to have the opportunity to, to watch and cover championship teams. Your favorite championship run that you've watched or witnessed or that you got most invested in emotionally? Wow. Um... The Tigers pre-business, the Tigers in 84 was just, even not as a big baseball fan, there was just something so magical about that whole year, you know, from Morris's no-hitter to 35-5 and five to, I mean, there's something so magical about it. Um, wow. Gosh, that's a great question. 08 Wings, that was pretty cool. You know what? I'm going to go with the 04 Pistons. I, honestly, I'm going to go with the 04 Pistons. That was that was just an incredible run. And, and you know, with them being at our radio station at the time and everybody thinking that they were going to get clobbered by the Lakers. There was, there was a lot of satisfaction in that. Yeah. A collection of guys that nobody thought a bunch of cast offs. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? We're going up against the Lakers, an old time matchup. And everyone's like, it's going to be dominated by Shaq and Kobe. And we handled it in the classic it five was, game sweep. It, it, it was awesome. Was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was, you know, it was unbelievable. Michigan state in 2000. I mean, I remember Michigan state in 79, you know, with, with magic. So I'll go with the 04 Pistons. Yeah, I'll I'll go with the 04 Pistons. Okay, now, can you imagine we're sitting here in an age where Michigan State is coming off of a national college football playoff? I mean, you, you're you a state guy. I'm a state guy. We witnessed years and years of John L. Smith, a bunch of you know, you know, seasons where we didn't have success. We just were always second fiddle to Michigan. This five-year period has been such a godsend, such a blessing, and just the opportunity to cover and watch a team that you're passionate about. It's been a good run for State, for sure. Oh, no, the guys that I work with give me a hassle about this because, like, I think for the longest time, Michigan State Spartan fans had a tough time even getting their arms wrapped around winning the Big Ten. And then that happened, and then you're like, well, yeah, I mean, New Year's Six Bowl and finishing top five, and then that happened. And, And then this year... I think you have to see it first before you can get it, before you can, you know, wow, wow, you could get your brain around it. Yeah, why not getting there and everything? So 
you always you always thought about it, but you didn't think it would happen. And I mean, what D'Antonio's done, you don't have to defend it anymore. You don't. I don't have to defend it. And if you want to say, yeah, Alabama killed him, well, Alabama kills a lot of people. But um, you know, to get there, you 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 have to win your division first. And if you win your division, you have to win the Big Ten. And that's something they've been able to do two out of the last three years. And there, there's something to be said about that. And not to mention, as, as you said, in 2010, being a co-conference champion and winning the division in 2011. So um, that's a lot of hardware. But it's, hey, listen, um, it's going to be very tough in this conference. Michigan State isn't going anywhere. Ohio State isn't going anywhere. And Michigan's only going to get better. So it's, it's going to get very tough in this division. Sean Belizian, host of Sean, Maz, and Mark, Detroit Sports 105.1, has been kind enough to share stories, talk about his radio career, and uh, talk about some current issues in Detroit sports. Now, we'll get you out of here on this. We ask all guests that come on and uh, just to get a sense of uh, what you would do in this situation. You got four tickets. Any sporting event, any venue. You could take th- any three people, dead, alive, famous, family, friends. What event would you go to, and who would you take? I'd definitely go to a Stanley Cup Finals game. I would definitely, no no question about that. Can I pick the old Montreal Forum? Of course. All right, I'm going to pick the old Montreal Forum. I'm going to take um, um, the man that I respect more than anybody. I name my son after my grandfather. Uh, I would take Colonel Harlan Sanders, uh, the Colonel, Kentucky Fried Chicken, because we, we could have a tailgate and the Colonel could make some of that chicken for us. Um, gosh, the fourth person? Wow, that's a great question. Um, Mark D'Antonio. Because I, I want to see with um with my own two eyes that he's capable of smiling. So when he's eating the colonel's chicken, I would see Mark D'Antonio smile, and I'd take a selfie with smiling Mark D'Antonio. So how's that? That was Sean Belizian. Thank you so much for visiting us. It was a great chat. An hour just flies by when you're talking to people that you know you want to talk to. And when they say time flies when you're having fun, I just blinked and an hour went by. Uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Okay, call me anytime. This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network.